Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Ari is going to be joining me here live in the studio here in just a moment. But let's pick up on the interview from yesterday with Ben from Goldback and Aria. I'm joined here by Ben, who is with Goldback.com. And we have a fascinating conversation. It's always great to sit down and talk with you. Because you, you so are much. you are one of the I don't know about key figures, but you're one of the key figures in Goldback. You're you're the one who has been here on the ground in New Hampshire year after year, making Goldback the phenomenon and success that it is today. And I'm really proud of what we've accomplished um, here in New Hampshire. I mean, I'm I'm really the only person from the company who's come here consistently. Uh, but I, you know, of course, I love fell in love with the place when I came to my first pork fest. So that first. Pork Fest. Uh, we were here uh, mostly because of you guys. Uh, you know, it was it was Ian and Aria that uh, were were selling some stuff for Goldbacks and and helping us get started. And then I thought, you know what, I need to actually go to New Hampshire and show off the, the new New Hampshire Goldback for basically to launch it at Pork Fest. I remember that year because I it was late at night. I got a message saying, "Hey, the Goldback guys are coming in. They should be there now." I think I met you. It was finally. Nine o'clock at night when you guys finally got in, got you set up, and what the Goldbacks went from was just this this loose currency that some people were using to an actual, almost an institution here at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. It used to be cryptocurrency and the AnyPay app, which I was used to seeing everywhere. You know, swipe, scan the QR code to pay with crypto, but now it's it's almost entirely goldbacks and it's amazing how it has grown and developed over the years where any pay i know this wasn't intentional and it wasn't by design but any pay got replaced by goldbacks here and and i've systematically watched it happen it used to be the case that everyone had a tablet or their phone and they would sign up for any pay and it would create an invoice you you'd buy a burger and you could create the invoice for twelve dollars show your qr code and they could scan it and send it and it would mar- mark it as paid on your phone so you knew that you had received the payment one of the issues that people had with cryptocurrency and qr codes is that when if you print out your code and you just lay it out there on the table, you don't know how much the buyers actually sent. And you don't know that there wasn't an issue with the blockchain, that maybe they didn't get full service. With any pay, it would pop up as pay, and you knew that you had received that funds or that you would ultimately receive those funds once they were confirmed on the blockchain. The scanning the QR code thing was the precursor to that, and it was mostly successful, you know, but if you bought a bunch of crypto, if you used a bunch of cryptocurrency here at the festival, and a month later, you look down at your phone and you notice that you know some of that crypto came back because it never got confirmed or you didn't have an ignit signal, so it was never actually broadcast. You would never be able to identify who you accidentally robbed. And it has a lot of little problems like that. Plus, the Internet can be sort of spotty up here. It's less of an issue these years since it's been upgraded, but it had a lot of issues. You know, and I think that's one of the things is that cryptocurrency – the technology, if you understand the blockchain, of course, is it's amazing. It's an amazing tool. But it is true that when it comes to the just the moment of transactions, oh, yeah, I want to buy that burger. I'm going to pay for that burger. It is really hard to beat the convenience of a cash solution because there's no fees. It's instantaneous. You literally you hand them the gold. They hand you whatever you bought with the gold, and 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 that that has made it really popular. Not just here at Porkfest. Um, this is to me a, kind of a sad brag, 
because I am a big fan of cryptocurrency and I'm really excited about uh, owning a bunch of it. But as good of a store of value as cryptocurrency has been, goldbacks are actually accepted at more merchants in New Hampshire and in Utah than, than any form of cryptocurrency is at well, this point. I don't know. That's a sad brag. That's a, that's an amazing brag. And I recall that first year after, after the first Porcupine Freedom Festival, or after the Porcupine Freedom Festival, you decided that your efforts would be better spent canvassing New Hampshire and Maine than in hanging out here at ForkFest, which is understandable. There was almost no one at ForkFest who had not been here for the Porcupine Freedom Festival. So at that point, you were you were preaching to the choir, so to speak, and you got the Absolutely. Lancaster House of Pizza here in Lancaster to accept cryptocurrency. I mean, to, not to cryptocurrency, to accept gold bags. Yep. And this was the first time I saw a brick-and-mortar business actually with a sticker on their door that says, now accepting gold back. And, and you mm-hmm. you did that, and Ian brought you guys here. So all credit to you and, and to him for that. But you were actually doing the legwork, obviously. And they no longer still take goldbacks. I, Did they stop? I, I've made what a it a, pity. I should go yeah. over there and buy a pizza and see if they'll take it. Well, the sad thing is they no one is shopping here year-round. We, the restaurant across from us at the Cabot Hotel, they have a restaurant. They took cryptocurrency for a number of years, but... They were only we were their only ever cryptocurrency clients. Like one time a year, cryptocurrency advocates at Porkfest would come over there and they would eat. And then the rest of the year it would be cash and card only. The United Precious Metals Association at upma.org um, actually promotes these accounts where, but once again, we do keep the gold or the goldbacks inside of our vault. It is a very secure vault, and you can actually physically audit and confirm the physical presence of the gold inside that vault fantastic uh, quarterly but when uh, but that is still in the vault not in your hands right? right do you mean the average person can do this the average person can do this if you go to upma.org that stands for the united precious metals association dot uh, org you can open an account it's free to have an account in goldbacks and you can do digital transactions. And here's the cool thing about that, though. When you're swapping the ownership of these goldbacks that are held in that vault, it is a peer-to-peer transaction because this is run through a trust system. I can get a little wonky about this because I'm an attorney. But basically, it's protected by privilege and by you being a beneficiary of a trust. Uh, and therefore, um, you can do a peer-to-peer transaction on that system without really any reporting requirements. Uh, you can do it anonymously, essentially, and peer-to-peer and all of it's insured by Lloyd's of London in that vault. And we, we just want to make sure we can help people do business uh, and actually create a free market because that's what a free market currency is for. That's amazing. Beautiful developments. And, of course, I'm happy to see Goldbacks here. You are also this year a sponsor, to some extent, of the Porcupine Freedom Festival, aren't you? Uh, that's correct. Um, that's why we have that big, beautiful tent or big pavilion down there by the main pavilion. Um, and so, yeah, we decided to be official sponsor of the 20th Pork fest this year and, and that's been amazing too because uh, you're selling gold backs there and I, I wanted to get into this earlier and only briefly did but the vast majority of the shop are other vendors who have put their wares out for sale on a completely trustful trusting honor system where they come by if someone sees something they want they leave the gold backs for it and they take the product that they choose because uh, th- their prices are labeled and fixed 
Right, yeah, we just list all of our prices in goldbacks. That's actually one of the funnest things that a business can do is just list their prices in goldbacks instead of in dollars. I did that when I was uh, when I was working at my law firm before I joined the Goldback Project directly. I uh, I made a, a price list for things like an estate or trust plan, which is a flat fee. I listed the dollar price and the goldback price. But here was the problem. I didn't realize how much the dollar price had lost its value until a client came in and said, "Well, I'm going to pay you in dollars. Uh, that's too much in goldbacks." And I realized <laughs> that I had that I'd lost um, almost 20% of the value of the dollar since I'd made the sign until that client had come in and reminded me, "By the way, your dollars they're shrinking every day." But and the problem is it's just so slow you just don't quite notice it until things like this year when you think, "Oh my gosh, it's how much to do what?" Uh, for almost right. everything now, um, but I vastly it sneaks pref- up on you and gets you, doesn't it, that inflation? It does. And I vastly prefer, not just for the inflation reasons, but I prefer things to be marked in goldbacks because it's just easier math, right? Like the, <laughs> right. <laughs> almost everyone here is pricing their stuff in USD still, and I don't understand why. Someone, I, I bought some curry from someone. It was $15. I was like, all right. So, I mean, that's four goldbacks because they're valued at $4 each and a lot of people want to give me change as well. I'm like, no, I, why would you give me back a $1 bill when I've paid you in goldbacks, right? Either right. find a way to give me a, a fourth of a goldback, which is impossible, or, or just round up or round down. Yeah. You know, I can say this is something we've been looking into, of course. Go, um, one goldback is one one-thousandth of a trance. It is hard to, for me to describe the, uh, just how complicated it is to make it consistently that tiny. Yeah, that's infinitesimal. Um, it's infinitesimal. But we are actually looking at uh, if we can do it um, in a way that would actually make market sense to make quarter goldbacks. Because we do wow. – I understand people do want a smaller denomination. So we're, we are I, I working think, on that. I, honestly, it, may, it may work. But right now it's just it, – it doesn't feel quite feasible. It, it might cost us uh, more money to make a quarter goldback than the quarter goldback would be worth. And, and we don't want to do it at too big of a loss lest, uh, you know, lest we, we go bankrupt trying to – yeah, I'm trying to do and it. honestly, I don't think it's necessary, right? Like, just raise your price a dollar to to four goldbacks, and we'll call it even. But I'm not, I'm not paying in dollars. I'm paying in goldbacks. So why awesome. on earth would I get a dollar back from you? That, that's crazy. I, I don't pay you in cur- one currency mm-hmm. and get the change back in euros or or mm-hmm. or whatever cur- or rubles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I paid you in gold, so either give me the change back in gold or don't mm-hmm. give me any change. You know, you know, in a lot of cases, people have been doing the opposite too. If they list something for five dollars, they'll say, oh. Well, or one gold back. It's so frustrating that they wouldn't allow you to simply stay the night. I know. Right? So, so stupid. Uh, but you're talking I, I about the federal the, government. Yes. I thought the government was supposed to care about the environment and, you know, all, <laughs> and, and vehicular safety and highway safety. I mean, it's, and my bail conditions that I'm out on, which are the reasons why I couldn't stay the night, uh, are, I'm supposed to be able to work. Like, that's yeah. supposed to be one of the reasons I'm allowed to leave my home. Uh, but I have a curfew, and we're asking for that to be waived, essentially, for this. Even though it wouldn't really be waived. I would still be in a in the same place at nighttime. I would be in a hotel room instead of in my bedroom here in Keene. But the prosecutor said that, well, he just wants to have a sleepover, quote-unquote, sleepover with his friends and it's like, no, that's not the point. I would still be sleeping with my wife in, the, in our <laughs> hotel room with our dog. You know, we'd still have the same sleeping arrangements. It's just I wouldn't have to travel 
for six hours a day. In fact, they even said in their objection, well, there's no reason why he can't just go up and back every day. Well, yeah, well, yeah there, there are, is. Yeah, there are many reasons. Would you want to travel six hours a day to go to your job, Miss Prosecutor? Good no, Lord. No. I don't think you would. Making the trip down there and back in a single day is... I it's mean, a lot. Yeah, doing it one way is a lot. It is. I, I'm a little bit tired after, you know, well, I also packed up you all the stuff. You spent a whole week right. there, though. So, yeah. But, you know, even the, after the drive back, it's maybe two and a half hours. I'm, I'm like exhausted, man. Yeah. It is. It absolutely is. So anyway, they, you know, that was, that was denied. Although it did come on the heels of us requesting to change from a home confinement restrictions to a curfew, which was approved. So the judge yes. did approve that. And now I don't have to ask permission to leave during the day, but I do still have to be back by a certain time at night. But this is what, you know, the burden of someone who is on uh, pre-sentencing confinement. I'm not in a jail cell pre-sentencing. Normally, once right. you get convicted by a jury, you go to prison. You go right then. Yep. And then they bring you back for, uh, well, I, they probably would hold you in a jail for that time frame. And then you'd go to prison after the uh, the sentencing happens. I was allowed to stay out because the judge did acknowledge that there is a quote-unquote appealable issue, at least one of them, uh, in, the, uh, in my case. So he allowed me to stay out. Uh, whether that will continue to be the case after sentencing still is uh, remains to be seen. So that's coming up. For I certainly me hope so because I think that that minimizes the the likelihood of you actually going to prison. You know, I, I have mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of faith in the U.S. government, but the appeals court seems to more or less do its job sometimes, and you know, it's my hope based on the facts that they will rule in accordance with the facts and with the philosophies and principles of this country <laughs> and will do what I would want them to do, which is to you know dismiss all of these charges against you. And I hope so. I hope appeals. so, if it goes that far. I mean, there's still a chance that the, uh, the judge in the case could dismiss all of the charges as well. That is still possible. I don't know how likely it is, but it could happen. So we still have some uh, we still have some cards to play on this thing. It's not over with, and we're going to keep going as long as possible. Uh, TheCrypto6.com. You can go there to learn more about what we're talking about. It's where you and I, Aria, and several of our friends were arrested in March of 2021 for the dastardly alleged crime. Uh, I still do not believe this is a crime of selling Bitcoin without asking for government permission first. And that's what it all essentially stems from. They hit hit us with a bunch of other, you know, charges yep. like money laundering and other nonsense. And uh, unfortunately, you are going to prison uh, because you did take a plea on that. And I did. understand I understand why. Right. Uh, but you took a plea on the lesser of the charges, which was the money transmission without a license. Again, I don't think that's uh, illegal when it comes to Bitcoin, but... You know, you were facing a lot more time if you didn't take the plea. Well, I would have argued the same, right? And and I think I would still argue the same. However, I recognize that the judge and the legal system disagrees with me on that. They think Bitcoin is, quote unquote, funds. And in in my scenario, I mean, in general, they're the ones with the power. So they're the ones who ultimately get to say whether or not it is or isn't money transmission. And I, I I feel like I probably personally, I would have lost that battle with them anyway. So for Maybe me, so. it was a matter of just cutting my losses, accepting their definition, and trying to minimize the damage. And we're going to find out because that is going to be appealed in my case for sure. Yes. Um, and uh, I, I think that uh, Bitcoin isn't isn't funds. It's programming. It's Bitcoin is it's useless as money. It is. Uh, 
Yeah, it's well, it's, not, it's definitely not currency. That's a foreign thing. That's like a government money central bank thing. That's okay. actually defined in the statutes. But funds actually doesn't have any definition when you look well, at the, funds wasn't even in the statute until 2021 in the first place. No, it was. It was. Are you sure? I thought funds yeah. was added after no, 2021. No, no, no. Funds was funds was there. It was something else that they put in. They put in uh, dollar equivalents. Okay, was what they if I, if I recall correctly is what they what they put in there. Uh, but there's still no mention of cryptocurrency. There's still no mention of Bitcoin or anything like that in any of the government stuff. The SEC, the CFTC, all these regulations that they keep trying to come at these crypto companies with and the individual Bitcoin sellers. Uh, just, a, just a couple of weeks ago, right before the Porcupine Freedom Festival and ForkFest kicked off, there was... It wasn't really in the news, and it still hasn't been in the news, but there was an article on a, like a Monero forum that the top Monero cash-by-mail seller on a website called agoradesk.com, which is a peer-to-peer sales uh, site, has been arrested by the FBI. You're on Free Talk Live. What's your name? Hello, Ian. Hey. Can you hear me? Yes. What is your name, caller? Keith. Keith. In, uh, Virginia. Welcome, sir. What's on your mind tonight? How are you? Good. What's on your mind? I'm glad to hear you, and thanks uh, for taking my call. And sure. uh, really sorry to for all of the the trouble about the case. Well, it's not your fault, so want, it's okay. I appreciate the thoughts, though. I want I wanted to ask you though. Um, I remember Eustace Mullins uh, uh, many years ago. I I uh, was writing about the Federal Reserve and doing research, actually way back in high school. And and uh, learned that he said that the history of the Federal Reserve is, or the history of the Amer- of America is, is the history of the Federal Reserve, and it talked about how the uh, the Redcoats came over after the Bank of England uh, uh, principal or, or uh, owners of the Bank of England told King George the Third, who is a principal stock stockholder that the colonists were uh printing their own or or coining their own money mm-hmm. and and the bank of england wasn't getting any cut mm-hmm. from yeah, that but they didn't so like that you need to send yeah you need to send the um the redcoats or you know the the british army over to put a stop to that which they did they they went over they crushed the mint mm-hmm. and um at some point in time, the, the American colonists, um, you know, built another one and went back to it. And so, what you're saying is, it's the same old story. Crushed it again. What you're saying is, it's the same old story. Where here we are, 250 years later, or whatever, and you know, yeah. the government is just a different, uh, different thug, different set of thugs, and located in a different right. location, but doing the same thing, crushing currency competition. Exactly. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the way that they ripped out, didn't they rip out a couple of your AT, your uh, Bitcoin ATMs? Uh, Bitcoin vending machines. And yes, they uh, they or absolutely did machines, rip them out. I mean, Literally with the jaws yeah, of so, life, I believe, so, from one of the locations. So it's kind of similar. And can you, could you use any of that story in your, you know, that history account in from Eustace Mullins in your appeal? One of the things I learned while going through the system is that, you know, uh, especially libertarians, we have we have this idea that we can turn the courtroom into into like a debate arena or we can mm-hmm. reference these historical things and make these grand philosophical or arguments. Or persuade but, the judge on those things. Yeah, yeah, none of that happens, man. No, it doesn't. They, appeals are only based on questions of law and errors, essentially, in the in the court. 
And so in our case, the appeal, as I understand it, is going to be based on the fact that they didn't prove their case. And that's where we're going to be coming from on that one. You don't you don't just get to go in there and lecture the judge on the history of uh, of money in America and how that this is just, you know, the government's being evil because, well, the government, uh, the federal government is evil all the time. And, you know, <laughs> that's just what they do. Uh, they they ruin. Yeah, but the judge lives. is part of that government. So telling them that, I mean, he's. It's probably not going to persuade him to right, and it'll turn in the opposite direction. You're basically when you say the federal government is evil to a federal judge, you're saying you're evil, right? And he's not going to really not likely to rule in your favor if you. I go actually in there and think this judge is um, relatively fair, all things considered. I think yeah, I, I've well, seen I think so stories. Of, I, I've seen stories of uh, federal judges before, like the Ross Ulbricht case with the Silk Road, where they've been behaved in a monstrous monstrous and unfair fashion i feel like this one has uh was pretty fair and has been pretty fair and open-minded uh so i mean i think that he listens to the evidence fairly i don't know what that will mean when it comes to him handing out a sentence because if i'm facing eight counts you were handed down a sentence of 18 months aria on one count where the maximum was 30 something uh but in my case the prosecutors were arguing i should get the maximum they were i don't think they'll argue that in your case i sure hope not because the maximum right now in my case is life in prison basically 70 years i mean that's not quote-unquote life but But yeah i'm in my 40s so 70 years would basically be and i mean we have no idea what the judge is going to do but while i was walking around the porcupine feet of us which i did a lot this this last week um one of the things i thought about a lot was your sentencing and I think, I believe on some level that the judge, most likely, the harshest he's going to go is like three to five years in prison. That, that, that's what my gut is telling me. Because he, he under-sentenced me by a huge degree. Mm-hmm. And my gut tells me that he did that so he can still punish you more harshly mm-hmm. while still not being overly excessive like Ross Albrecht level of 20 years in prison. Well, Ross got much worse than 20 years in prison. Two life sentences plus 40 years yes. for running a website. So I think but the, that's an example of a monstrous judge right. who... I, mean, I think in this case, it's to punish you more harshly, in mm-hmm. quotation marks, but still cutting way below that 20 years or 10 years, not not trying to destroy you for the rest of your life. That, that's what my gut tells me, and right. I could be entirely I wrong. Right I heard from you, Aria, that Dash was being accepted by multiple businesses multiple vendors at the porcupine freedom festival this year is that true uh did i say that i thought you mentioned it during the show this week i Uh, I mean plenty of people are accepting cryptocurrency yes Mm -hmm. and dash would certainly be among some of the ones that are accepted i definitely saw it at least there was at least one vendor i saw that was was taking dash but i didn't get a chance to get around there were a few that you know had a a cryptocurrency qr codes out there and at least one of them had a dash qr code Mm -hmm. I know Jay Noon uh, accepts Dash, so I guess that would be at least two that, that I can personally think well, of. Anyone but, there who took cryptocurrency would have been willing, unless they were a Bitcoin maximalist, maximalist would have been willing to accept Dash as well. Right? Yeah, that's what I would expect. I mean, it, it used to be all over the place at Porkfest. I'm only there for a couple of days, so I don't have the chance to like go it, around. It's goldback country and now, assess. almost entirely. And I mean, maybe I'm only seeing what I'm involved in because mm-hmm. I can't use cryptocurrency. So, so you're not looking for it. So I'm yeah. only using goldbacks. But from what I'm seeing as well, it's uh, we're back to people printing off their QR codes and putting them up there oh, for people to do sad. that. Like AnyPay has completely vanished from the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Well, and that's unfortunate because Dash actually fixed AnyPay recently. So Aww. AnyPay for for a long time was the best way of accepting cryptocurrency. At the point I would of say sale. it still is. 
I think you're right about that. But for a, over a year, they had a critical bug that was essentially breaking the experience for most of the users and the the vendors and that's why it kind of dropped off the radar if it's not working you know people aren't going to use it and so uh the 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 good thing that happened within the last year was the folks at AnyPay open sourced their software because they basically said you know we got other things going on we just don't have the time to to focus on our point of sale i think they were focusing on like online acceptance instead of Point of point of sale acceptance. They were seeing okay. more action in their online like WordPress pr- plugin, if I recall correctly. So they open sourced the server code. They open sourced the the code for the actual uh, point of sale tablets and things like that. And Dash said, you know what? Uh, AnyPay was great. AnyPay launched with Dash back in 2017 when AnyPay got started. This was back when it was Bitcoin only. That was the only thing you could pay with anywhere with any of these online point of sale systems. And AnyPay launched when Bitcoin was going crazy with their fees for the very first time in 2017. Wasn't part of the issue that like BitPay or whoever it was was extremely slow to implement Bitcoin Cash, and that was what caused uh, the people at AnyPay to be like, "No, we have to have another solution." At the time when AnyPay came out, Bitcoin Cash didn't even exist. Okay. It was just about to come out. Bitcoin Cash was about to come out, and it did take months and months and months before BitPay did implement it. So for a long time, it was Dash and Bitcoin through AnyPay, and that was it. And Dash was to the rescue. It was so important because it allowed businesses that were accepting Bitcoin that were no longer seeing any Bitcoin sales because of the Bitcoin fees that were just going crazy. We're talking $5 fees or more in some cases. There was a time when it was like $10 or $15 per Bitcoin transaction just to send some Bitcoin. Meanwhile, Dash is like less than a cent to send uh, your Dash transaction. So AnyPay was sort of just languishing in the last year or so. And Dash, of course, they've got this decentralized autonomous organization, which has been the world's oldest decentralized autonomous organization. And they they said the Dash Incubator, which is funded by that DAO, Dash Incubator said, you know what, we can fix this. And so they took some of the, the Dash money, the treasury money that the, the DAO administers, and they hired a programmer who was like in Eastern Europe or something. I, I saw an interview with him, and he just went in and bing, bang, boom, fixed the code. And they released a new version of AnyPay. Is it still open source? It's still open source. Um, That's how they fixed the code. Yeah. Well, that maybe they closed it once. They, maybe they fixed no. it and closed it. You know, that that's why really I asked. Bad. Well, yeah, but it, I mean, imagine that, right? They, I don't think Dash would have agreed to fix it if it was if they were going to close the code after that. Well, plus I, you probably can fork not. It. But plus just you imagine that, it. right? Like it didn't work, so AnyPay open sourced their code, mm-hmm. and now the now the problem's fixed. It's almost as though open sourcing software is helps the best to way solve to do problems. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad that that's the direction. Because that was always my one critique of AnyPay was that it was a closed source project. And so now it's open source and Dash fixed the problem. So AnyPay is back. But the problem is Porkfest doesn't know, right? Because it's a relatively right. new development. It just happened. And so somebody's going to have to go around and let, let people know the Well, there's news. no one there like promoting AnyPay any I know, longer, right? I know. So, I mean, may, maybe two years when I'm back again because I looks extremely unlikely that i'll be there next year next but year. maybe in two years happen. i can you know go around pimping any pay to people yeah that'd be cool but uh anyway thanks to the the decentralized autonomous organization for fixing any pay which is awesome we have tj the spy on our sip line which you can learn about over at sip.freetalklive.com s-i-p super important person dot freetalklive.com go ahead tj hey greetings aria green g and i just wanted to Call and wish you the best of luck, Ari. I know your reporting date gets closer by the week, and uh, 
It's by know, the I hour want... at this point. No, oh, it's by the hour. Yeah, it's going to be Tuesday. Point? Okay. Okay. Well, you know, I think you're a delight to be with. So I hope your fellow prisoners will think the same thing. And just remember, you'll be back sooner before you know it. Yeah, thanks, TJ. I think it will be. I think it will be sooner rather than later. But it all depends on the bureaucracy and you know the which bureaucrats be, well, make decisions. Well, you know, on these I got things. my. Uh, I'm, uh, I've auditioned uh, for an open mic night for a comedy comedy seller. Really? And uh, really a two-minute stand-up set. Because, you know, I got my start, my comedy career start on Free Talk Live. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of a sad thing if you'll be going to the clink, Ian, you know, that I won't be able to call in on a regular basis unless you have some alternative. Are you just going to wind down LRN and... Well, the Free Talk Live will continue, uh, so you will still be able to call Free Talk Live. Okay, wonderful. But that presumes that that. I'll be sentenced, and uh, we haven't gotten to that point yet, so I'm not going to jump to that conclusion. All righty. Was there anything else you wanted to share? There was nothing else I just wanted to share. I just wanted to wish you the best of luck, Aria, and hope you do well. Okay, well, Aria does have uh, the address information up on her website right now. I believe that is ariademezzo.com. That's correct. Is that right? Top story, easy to find. Yeah, I'm probably right I'm probably just going to temporarily unpublish everything else from the site anyway, because there's there's no point in having any of any of the other stuff there right now anyway. So it I is mean, the top story though. So if you go to people Aria might De- want to read your essays while you're maybe in jail. But if you go to ariademesso.com, it'll be right there at the top. So prisoner number, which you'll need to use to do commissary donations, right? Yes, and. That won't work until you're actually booked into the place. So don't go today, don't go tomorrow, but well, sometimes Well, in theory it would work, but the Bureau of Prisons makes it clear, you know, don't send money to someone who's not actually in our yeah, custody. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. So, I wouldn't yeah. experiment with that. Um, I would imagine it would just get lost to the Bureau yeah. of Prisons. If it's anything like, and there's not necessarily uh, any guarantee it'll be anything at all like the state system, it's probably going to be incredibly different, but at least here in the, the the state system, you don't even get to put your first order into commissary for the first week. So it's like, you're not going to... Really? Yeah, and then maybe maybe it will be different. You know, Maybe you'll walk right in and they'll say, oh, you got $100? Okay, here you go. Well, by but amazing coincidence, I have a friend who did time in this exact facility. Hmm. Okay. Like, I think last year as well. So I, I, I can message so him recently. and ask him. Hey, Daily Digestion listeners, this is Riley Blake. I enjoy Free Talk Live, and I know you do too, but finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy. So I produce the Daily Digest. I appreciate those of you who have supported me on Patreon and sent Bitcoin to me to thank me for producing these digests. For those who wish to support me on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. If you wish to send Bitcoin, visit patreon.com slash crblake86 for those details. That's patreon.com slash crblake86. Thank you. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Oh, yes. Thanks for um, being back to taking, making the calls. Um, what did you do without the- us, Sarah? Were you okay? Well, you know, I ended up calling the local stations for taking my calls. Whoa. That's amazing. So- Sarah, you should continue calling your local <laughs> stations about your local issues. But I'm not being sarcastic. Continue doing that. No, but, um, they actually yeah, took but your calls. Talk- they put you on the air. Well, yeah, because I haven't called them for like a year. Uh, I don't know, they see, absence makes the heart grow fonder, Sarah. Or they forgot. Well, they must have oh, missed, missed, missed it. It's a new call screener. They didn't know her. 
Huh? Well, you know what? They even have a spell, special sound effects that after my my spiel, they have that <laughs> car oh, they, crashing. They, they oh really? That's my sound effect. A car crash? Yeah, they do. Yeah, that after my comments. Yeah, like because uh, I would. I wow. About, so is this like a yeah, is this like a joke show effects. that you called into? Because well, you know, when you yeah. say this, I think about like Drake and Zeke, who was this afternoon show on this rock station that I listened to when I was younger, and they made a lot of jokes. It was very much like a Howard Stern light sort of thing. That they were joking around, they were goofing off, and they were. Is it like that one? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, okay. got, well, there was a Joko Rodeo. I got I got on the Joko Rodeo. And my joke was, hey, what what makes the you know New Mexico children refuse to go to school? What, what hold do you on, think hold on, I didn't I didn't hear that. Start over. What's the joke? Okay, the joke is, hey, how come New Mexico children refuse to go to school? They all like they all drop out of school because they got run over on the way there. <laughs> they're 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 afraid of getting killed by a car on the way to school, so they don't they don't go. That's close. This is your joke, Sarah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sarah, you inspired me to get out the sound effects. I almost never think about playing sound effects on this show, but I I do have them. Oh, that car crash. I I deserve that car crash now. You You already got your car crash. (laughs) Was better for for that. That, That's your joke, Sarah? Did you... You that came was up a with terrible that, right? joke. That, that's your joke? I got a joke for you, Sarah. I got a better joke for you. What's yellow and can't swim? I don't know. A school bus full of kids. Yeah, I, I guess that's worse. We need a tumbleweed sound effect for the awkwardness <laughs> after I said that. And no I don't one know responded. if I have that one. It's a, it's a dark joke. Sure, it's not for everyone. It's, it's like food in communist societies. It's not everyone gets it. Yeah, but I, I don't know. What, what's so funny about it? What's a t- children driving a bus stop? Uh, buses like really if you can't funny. appreciate dark humor, then you will not find it funny, Sarah. I thought yeah, it was I funny. I don't get it. Thank you. But the, I laugh yeah. at inappropriate things. Sure, same. Like I'll, I'll be in a movie theater, something will happen on the screen that is not intended to be funny, and I will laugh at it. I'm the only person who thought that that was funny. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Um, you know, I, I seen any good movies because, lately, Sarah? I do not watch any movies. Just, any I don't want to fill my mouth. I mean, my brain full of garbage. You know? Yeah. That's yeah. Communism feels that. <laughs> communism has that. Taken She's care maxed of, out. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, what do you do in your? What do you do for fun, Sarah? What, she calls radio stations. Other than that, like, what, I want to tell you something. Like, she calls like, politicians. Yeah. When we get off the well, phone yeah, here tonight, what are you going to do, Sarah? Well, look, there was a, a three. Okay, there was a one-way street that we had downtown, and now they're gonna make it two ways. One, Car- I, I don't one care about your super. Why don't you answer the question, Sarah? I mean, she asked you a simple yeah. question. What? What was the question? What are you gonna, gonna do, do tonight when we get off the phone? Um, do my prayers and lay down and. What are you going to do when you wake up thirty? Hold on, it's six thirty. It isn't even dark yet in where uh, New Mexico. Well, we we don't. I don't turn the air. We don't have any coolers other than a fan here. I mean, you're not you know? eighty years old. You're in your fifties, right? Yeah, but elderly people are known for going to bed early. Yeah, but, but they wake up at four in the morning. Right. She's not 80 years old or 70 years old. So, I mean, you shouldn't be going to bed at 630. No, but I'm just going to meditate and maybe okay. go through the Book of Mormons. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, that's right. She's going, she's going Mormon. Okay, so you're going to read. 
Okay, that, that's, that's a good, a good thing. Happy. That is a good yeah. thing. A lot of people were unnecessarily rude and willfully disobedient, willfully antagonistic toward one another. Really? Yes. Uh, one of the examples I can, I, I can think of best is people literally just parking wherever. Like, random people would just pull up to, to someone's site that they, they were visiting for the day, and they mm-hmm. would just park there. And they would just leave their car. They wouldn't ask anyone. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't check with anyone. This happened at our site on one day. And this happened with the Wormtown site that I saw. It never happened with the RV47, which was Think Penguin site, Mm -hmm. because there was just too much there. But I know for a fact it happened with these because I was close with the people and talking to them daily. And happened, I think, once with Kirby's Q. It was just random people coming to visit for the day. They They didn't want to park down there at the bottom of the hill or they didn't want to be bothered to find a parking spot. So they just parked wherever. And these places are sealed off Yeah, yeah. with cones. You're not supposed to be able to drive down them at all. But these people were doing it because screw the rules, right? No one cares. Mm-hmm. Driving the wrong way down these roads as well was extremely common. And I get it. We're, we're libertarians. We don't need rulers and all of that stuff. But that doesn't mean, again, no rules. And part of the libertarian mm-hmm. society, uh, for all of this to work, we all have to agree on a few basic rules. And if you go to the Porcupine Freedom Festival, you are agreeing to a few basic rules, like respecting people's campsites, not not parking, you're not being a random visitor parking your spot in someone's you don't know without asking permission. Well, this not driving the, the wrong way. This isn't way the Porcupine and, Freedom Festival. This is the campground. I mean, the campground does not allow you to park on somebody else's campsite. That true. is that is a basic rule of the campground. Well, that's a basic rule in general. Right. But you would expect libertarians of to know all better. people yeah. to not behave yeah. this way. But it, it was common. It, mm. it was far too common. And the only thing I can think of that was really different this year was, was the, the influx of people who were not types. libertarians. Yeah. I don't want to blame Dennis Pratt or anyone That's like that. That's the organizer that. of the, right. uh, the event. And I don't want to blame Vivek mm-hmm. or RFK because I don't think it's that simple. But when you have someone on Twitter literally threatening violence at an event and no one and almost no, and the people who stand up explicitly to condemn that are You're talking about Maj Tour. Yes. Mm-hmm. Are ridiculed. I can't even pretend to be overly surprised when there actually is violence at said event. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you make a good point. And I, I uh, you know, just trying to play devil's advocate here, somebody might say, Well, it's good that we we brought in newbies to this event. We've got to bring people to the ideas of liberty. But I don't think Porkfest is supposed to be a let's change people's minds to liberty event where we bring in a bunch of newbies. The Porcupine Freedom Festival is supposed to be a celebration of liberty of by those yeah by those who understand the ideas of liberty. Does that mean you have to be 100% libertarian to attend? No. But you should at the very least understand what a libertarian is. You should understand the basic tenets uh, of it and be willing to respect the uh, the property rights of uh, the individuals that are at this event. Like you can be a conservative and uh, and a uh, progressive as long as you can understand and agree with the rules. But just bringing in randos who just think that uh, some politician is interesting and they just want to come hang out and thinking we're going to convert them. That's that is not going to likely happen. And like you're saying, Aria, what it's doing is it's watering down the quality level of the attendee of the event. There's 300 and, you know, 50 other days a year where libertarians can meet with these other statists and try to convert them. There's 300, you know, there's 50, uh, 51 other weeks out of the year 
where we can do this in various different venues, in various different circumstances, in real life and online, Porkfest should be for the libertarians. Porkfest should be for the voluntarists, for the liberty-loving anarchists, primarily. And the other people, if they want to come in, they should already know about the event. They should want to come in for their own reasons and read the rules and, and agree to them. I, I don't think this should be a recruiting event at all. Cameron's on the line here with us, listening to KINX in Montana tonight on the, on the FM band. Cameron, uh, you wanted to su- suggest that maybe this was the work of Agents Provocateur. Go ahead. Well, I don't know enough about the uh, incident at hand, but I, I do know that um, the, uh, the well, everyone knows about the, the Ray Epps thing and the... Uh, and then if you go deeper... Ray Epps you know, was an alleged uh, federal instigator behind the January 6th thing. Okay, Correct. Mm-hmm. And then I think uh, 99 or 2000, there was evidence of the, 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 I think it was the WTO protest in Seattle. Um, oh, and there have been uh, there have been uh, evidence of police involvement in sorry. many protests since uh, since that time. There was sure. one in the George Floyd uh, protests in Minnesota. Uh, oh, yeah. Back then, there was a, an alleged officer who was doing things there. I mean, there's been so many different examples. I said these don't. I I had an LGBTQ flag flying at the site, and I, mm-hmm. I fully expected it to get vandalized, uh, probably by some upset conservative. But mm-hmm. in fact, nothing like that they happened. They didn't do that. Okay. The sites that were vandalized were all right there at at, at the front row, highly easily accessible. Mm-hmm. Right I, at the end cap of the the aisles. Basically. I was worried near the end of it and started moving some of the more expensive, like speaker, like some of the more expensive equipment, like Captain Speaker, into the inside of their tent at the Shire Society. Mm-hmm. Um, area because I was worried about vandalism, mm. but nothing like that ever actually happened. It was pretty. It was pretty clear that it was just people who happened to walk by. It was a crime of the moment, mm-hmm. right? It was a crime of opportunity. They saw this thing. They were drunk and stupid, probably, and they wanted to cause some quick, easy damage. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with that because uh, I heard. Well, none of it was permanent. It. Well, but wait right? a minute. I, you're giving the examples of the vandalism where at the, one of the drink stations. Some people poured some of the uh, drink containers out, yes. right? Like the whole, the the hot tea or whatever it was, uh, the soda, that that sort of thing. But there were also, from what I understand, at least one place there was a pie station where people could self serve pie and pay into a change box. I heard that change box got stolen. Yes, at least two at least two money boxes for deposits and stuff got now, stolen. That sounds but to me like they got scoped out during the day. I think that's unrelated to the vandalism though. Okay, could be, but that's not a, tri- a crime of the moment. Right. That's somebody scoping out yes. during the day and saying, "Oh, Absolutely. there's a cash box." That's right? someone who saw yeah. a cash box and right. made a mental note of it yeah. and came back when they knew there wouldn't be anyone around. Right. Without a doubt. Yeah. Yes. I hope they emptied that cash box before going to bed. Sounds like they did not. Oh god. All right, Cameron, what else? Oh, I just uh, yeah, mostly uh, I would compare it to, you know, if if you uh, see a mouse or two in your house, you know, that's the that's the Ray Epps and the things that get that get uh, projected out or or, or uh, publicized. But that's an indicator of a way bigger culture and network of of that going on. I would not uh, put it past at all. I, I'd almost guarantee that it's it's happening in the libertarian movement and and festivals oh, yeah. and all of that. No oh, doubt. Sure. Yeah. The, the FBI yeah. has so. been infiltrating political movements from the beginning. I mean, that is ultimately right. half of what they do. This according to an F, a former agent who Mark interviewed, uh, I think it was last year or something like that. 
That said, it's literally half of what the FBI does is, you know, just investigate these political movements. Yeah, and I mean, wait, yeah. you're, you're silly. If you're here in New Hampshire, a part of the Free State Project, you don't think that at least some of the people you know are direct. If they're not FBI employees, they're informants. They're informants. Yeah. I mean, I can think of at least right. one person. I would bet my Eclipse this person is an FBI agent, deep undercover, mm. right? And mm-hmm. we know these people. Yeah. And even if I'm wrong, we know these people are there. We, we've we encountered them. Like uh, there, Two years ago, I think there was one of the people who was here at, at the studio during the raids was alleged to have been at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Mm-hmm. Like We know there are FBI agents there and undercover police officers and stuff there that are watching things and keep an eye on things. We... It's definitive. But not it's just certain. watching and keeping an eye. I mean, what Cameron's pointing out here is they right. may be actually instigating. I don't they think that's be... what this was, mm-hmm. to be fair. I, but I hadn't even considered the possibility yeah. prior to now. But the vandalism in particular, I think, was just a, a crime of opportunity. Teenagers. Yes. Possibly. Yeah. I mean, and the vent, the, and like the cash box stuff, I mean, there, there's people that just steal cash boxes from festivals. You know, there's that's just what they... You know, that that can happen. Yeah, just could be but, some local crackhead who knew there was. But, uh, uh, the tragedy you know. here is that libertarians, we 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 trust each other because we we all have known right. each other for years and we just leave our cash boxes out. Mm-hmm. And now you can no longer do that. Like now you have to lock your doors in this neighborhood. Right. Yeah, that's like, a bad feeling. Like, yeah. like what the hell has changed between four years ago where you didn't have to lock your doors when you went to bed at night mm-hmm. to now when you do have to bring in. Bring, bring like you said, there's these everything. politicians that came yeah. in that, that had never been here before. Something has definitively changed from then to now. Go ahead, Major. Hey, guys. Yeah, there's lots of local people out here that sell firewood by the side of the road. Yep. You know, they'll either bundle it or they'll make a little wooden V. And yep, four it bucks a bundle, five bucks a bundle. Yeah, we that actually happens up here, too. There, if you, As you're driving into the Porcupine Freedom Festival, uh, you, you should get your firewood from one of those people because it's more expensive when you get to the park. So oh, yeah. uh, that's yeah. the way to do it. And it's the same way, it's the same way if you go to the state park because they won't let you cut firewood in the state park. Mm-hmm. I got passed by the uh, fish pigs one time for firing up my chainsaw. Came back to camp and there was a nasty note on my chair. I can imagine. But, uh, anyway, what these guys do is they'll get an old steel mailbox, you know, the old type that hung on your grandma's front porch. It got a little slit in the top. Right. And a little, oop, you put a padlock in. And that stops most mischief. Yep. And if you got to use one of them big, you know, like cheesy poof jars or something, just take an old coffee can lid, shoot three screws through it. Put it in the bottom of the of the uh, jar. Screw that to a big old stump that they ain't gonna want to carry away. I mean, mm-hmm. you're missing the point, and they though. Ain't gonna be able to rip that right. thing off the stump of that coffee can lid in there, and then maybe take some uh, hot glue and glue the damn top on. Then yeah, yeah, there are solutions yeah. to I mean, the problem. No, no doubt, Major. You can also just you know stand guard, stand guard around your cash box all the time. The the issue here isn't. The issue here is very clearly the fact that. Two years ago, you were fine to leave your cash box sitting out there, and now you do have to safeguard. you got to bring it in at night, or you have to keep an eye on it, or whatever. That's the issue. Obviously, there are countless things that people can do now that we know that we have to do it mm-hmm. to keep our property safe. The travesty is that now we have to go out of our way to keep our property safe. The thing is, is you guys are trying to create a utopia, and you're dealing with mankind, and I don't think... No one's trying to create a utopia. No one's trying to do that. We're trying to create a a temporary libertarian society in the woods that operates according to libertarian principles, and that's impossible. And it was successful for for many years. And now it's impossible because there are non-libertarians there. Yep. You're just talking about the party. I'm talking about the whole libertarian mindset. 
Well, no, it's right, not a right. utopia. The the idea of ending the institutionalization of violence is all the libertarians generally are focused on. I mean, we want to end violence individually, but that's you know you can't just do that through a political process, right? Like that has to be a huge change to humanity and a huge renaissance. But even then, you're still going to deal with crazy people, and they're never going to and psychopaths, yeah. and those people are never going to uh, change their uh, their viewpoint on that. And that's the reality. So you can end the government if you know if we can get to that point. When we end the institution of violence, the monopoly on violence known as the state, we're still going to have crazy people. We're still going to have violent and dangerous people out there, and there have to be ways to to deal with that. All Arya is saying is, let's not invite them to our party in yeah. the woods. Yeah, right? pretty much yeah, that. When they know the party's there, they're going to come. That's true. You're right about that. And and the townies do know typically that the Porcupine Freedom Festival is going on and it could very well have been it may not have been the, you know, the politicians attracting the wrong crowd. It could just be some local crackhead who knows that the events there, they came in, they scoped it out and then they snatched some uh, some boxes. There's at, a long history of Porkfest attendees blaming townies for things though mm-hmm. and like I I there's, there have been townies that have come in and start, you know, started problems. Presumably, the but there but there's no no evidence that townies have snuck in and vandalized there things at night. There is evidence that or... they've at least snuck in. Uh, there have been people who've yeah. had their people have had their pork fest magnets stolen from their cars at uh, local grocery stores and things like that. That ostensibly the townies then use to put on their own vehicles so they look like they're welcome at the uh, the event. That kind of thing. So there have been examples of this that have gone on, and there have been alleged townies that's coming a, that's in. That's a lot of steps. I I would. I, I think I put the sticker on your car or the magnet on your mm-hmm. car on like the final day. Yeah, it's not enforced these days, but there was a time oh, was when, there? Okay. when there was like security at the gate. That's at true. Fest. There was, yeah. And so there was an interest by the townies getting into the event. Whether you had it was to just, show your wristband to get in. I remember yeah, that. Whether it was to just go and crash a party at night and, you know, hang out at the rave or whatever, or it was to cause some kind of trouble. Uh, there have been some incidents. This wasn't, this isn't the first year there have been some incidents but it definitely sounded like the worst year as far as like vandalism and well now i'm scared we might see a return of those border checkpoints and the papers please sort of thing because i don't think it helped anything no it didn't i mean that that sort of vandalism as you described as you mentioned it happened back then as well yeah so it it wouldn't stop anything now and i don't think they were 24 7 i don't think there were they were out there overnight but you know that's what people are going to ask for they're going to why why don't you provide some sort of security and well that's what security they did this five years ago yeah double the ticket price too Every festival I've ever been to, they check you for a wristband if you want to get back in. Or yeah, that's. I'm glad that's not happening at the yeah. Porcupine Freedom Festival, honestly. And if it's 4 a.m., that ain't going to happen anyway. Now, this so. is a libertarian festival. It's not like your average festival. I don't know everybody at Porkfest, right? Like, I, I don't know, maybe a couple hundred or a few hundred. I, I would recognize a few hundred people at Porkfest. So it's not really fair for me to say this, but I'm going to say it. Uh, when I saw the video that Jeremy Kaufman posted of the lines of people that were waiting outside the RFK speech, I didn't recognize a lot of people. I recognized maybe two people that were in the line. And that's only because they happen to be wearing Crypto 6 uh, shirts. I'm like, oh, I know that one. Uh, but I'll watch again. I, I didn't look for that. In, I didn't look at faces. I just yeah. took it in. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't look like a lot of people that you know would register to me as in the community that but, would sort of make sense because i mean we are again we don't know everyone but we are more plugged into the community of active libertarians yes no not these days and we certainly don't know everybody who's attending the event no, certainly not but you know it did make me wonder how many of these people are coming to this event 
Now, supposedly you did have to buy a ticket to Porkfest to attend the RFK speech, so they were checking that, I think. You couldn't just buy a day pass? If those were available, then yes, okay. you would you would have been able to do that. But still, you would have had to have bought a ticket. So they weren't just letting in randos, right, without having well. paid at least. Uh, but still, what percentage of those people were there just to see this person speak? How many of those people were actually there because they cared about the festival and were interested in libertarianism versus just wanted to see this politician talk? What politician says words at Porkfest? So, yeah, I, I agree with you. They shouldn't have been there in the first place. Uh, and I think that, honestly, they should be focusing on just New Hampshire libertarians on that main stage. I think that's who is the most interesting. I think it, it you know, highlighting the community is the best thing you can possibly do with that main stage. But again, I'm not running the event. It's not my decision. Or just don't rent the main stage, right? Uh, we, well, that would be a way to decentralize Porkfest. Someone rented the main stage at Porkfest uh, the week prior, uh, mm-hmm. the, the Saturday prior, and they had a wedding there. That's right. And yes, we proved Which that you, you officiated. Yes, you can, in fact, rent out the pavilion privately and yeah, have your own that. event there, and it, it would be very easy. If you got $1,000, Rogers will rent it to you. Yes, it would be very easy for someone to rent it out and then, you know... Uh, subrented out to people who wanted to you give could. speeches or whatever yep. or have tickets for that event. I mean, these these things are possible. It's possible right. to decentralize the Porcupine Freedom Festival. The rumor, be done. By, the rumor, by the way, about Tulsi Gabbard and why she canceled is that she wanted security. She wanted Porkfest to take care of security for her. And, and travel expenses, I heard. Right, to the tune of $4,500 for her security. I had heard detail. that. And that uh, the solution to the travel thing was to send uh, Reed, who does the show here, mm-hmm. to pick her up in a vehicle. He hasn't done for, for a while. Okay. He's been traveling and all that. And like, but, I, I think there's a huge disconnect there between what a career politician like Tulsi Gabbard would expect mm-hmm. and what she in would regard to travel. Like she probably expected a, a limousine mm-hmm. with or some drivers yeah. or something, right? Bulletproof. And, yeah. Glass. And like, here's a libertarian and a Ford Escort or whatever. <laughs> he's got a, yeah, he's got I, a Ford. It's I don't a, know what he drives. It's an F-150 or something or 250 or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, just, Chevy or something. Yeah. So. Just for the image. And I can imagine that, you know, when, I, I don't know if that's true, right? But it makes me wonder... Who paid for RFK's security? Because he definitely had a security detail. I don't know how many agents there were. They had some sort of metal detectors? Or they had absolutely type? had metal detectors. Okay. You took pictures of them I setting assumed, them up. I assumed they were metal detectors. That's what those are, okay. absolutely. And they had multiple security agents. Did you get a count? Did you have any idea? No. But they, they looked like security agents. It would at least have been a dozen. Did he have his own security? I, mean, I don't know. He, uh, there I was security there for RFK, but who paid for them? Yeah. Is I would presume he has his own guys that go around with him everywhere because he's fairly high visibility and he's a Maybe, lawyer. He probably has some good money coming in. Did your ticket sales pay for RFK's gun-free zone? I, I think I that's know. the question that people people should yeah. sort of ask. And as James Babb pointed out when he did a rant last night mm. at the, he's always good at soapbox at Earl, right? Like. Those little metal detectors are not going to protect. Look, man, if you're taking on the deep state in any meaningful capacity, those yeah. stupid little metal detectors security are theater. not going to save you. Yep. It, yeah, it's complete security theater. And, and people are making excuses for it. Well, you can't blame him. He did have two family members killed by the deep state. <laughs> well, first of all, you're assuming they mm-hmm. were killed by the deep state. And I, I think you're probably right to make that assumption. But you don't get to act like that's just a, a historical fact Did they roll him up in a, your argument. In a uh, bulletproof limousine or something? I don't know. Did he like get right out? I wasn't right there out? for that part of did it. Did he walk right out from the limousine right into the uh, the pavilion? Like, I suspect with t- he did. Steps? I, I, always wonder, I was wondering how it would have uh, gone down. Anyway, let's come back to body freedom because yes. that's where 
for what we were talking about. This it's is a more fun topic. Yeah, and and this is one of the most controversial things ongoing, right? But RFK, it shouldn't be. I agree with you, but it is regardless. Right. The conservatives they still have not, and they probably never will. Uh, understand this issue and it turns out some progressives as well are just as authoritarian and just as bad uh, as the conservatives about this there's uh, people online this one guy jethro bass who's just been obsessing over he's he's obsessed over the free state project he apparently is some new hampshire progressive guy and he literally goes on every free stater thread and posts about how you guys are being naked around children and just reeing and, and freaking out about it. It always concerns me when someone sees someone naked and their first thought is always something to do with children. That is right? weird. Like, like, yeah. That's weird. Yeah. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.